Well, good morning, everyone. Just get myself set up here. Uh, this morning is uh, going to look a little bit differently, just because we've got a number of things still happening. Um, and just due to the nature of this morning's service, where later on we're going to be having a number of ministry leaders coming up and sharing about ways that we can celebrate the ministries that are happening here at Willoughby Church, and also um, how God is moving through those ministries. I'm just going to offer a brief message this morning, a briefer message this morning, just in case you expected five minutes, briefer message this morning, uh, to set the tone for celebrating uh, our church family life together. And to do that, we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible with you, or if you want to grab one of those Bibles in front of you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Paul says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard the phrase before, um, but it's a common phrase these days to use the term, those are my people. If you're referring to people that you normally hang out with, uh, those friends, you know, that couple over there with their kids, this family-oriented group, the people that I went to high school with or college or grad school, those are my people. That's my crew. That's the, this is my circle of friends. These are the people that I most hang out with. It sounds nonchalant to say, you know, those are my people, but it's actually a fairly significant thing to say because it's identifying the people that you feel most connected to most bonded with, right? You have a shared experience with them, a shared history, a shared ethnicity maybe, or culture, a shared ideology or worldview, a shared personality, shared sense of humor, a shared understanding of one another that connects you more to these people than you connect maybe with others, right? A good word for it is resonance. You, you resonate with these people. They're your people. Well, I bring this up because in an interesting way, this is the kind of language that God actually used to establish in the Old Testament with his people Israel. All throughout the Old Testament, he's reaching out to them and trying to teach him, them that what he desires most is this kind of resonance, this kind of bond, this kind of relationship with them. I will be their God and they will be my people, he says. Over and over and over. That's the goal. I will be their God and they will be my people. These are the people, he says, that I want to identify with, that I want to be identified with, that I want to resonate with, that I want to share all of myself with, that I want to be most bonded to. And how better then, when we come to the New Testament, after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, how better then to solidify this desire to make it even more intimate 
How better to invite someone into a deep, connected relationship than to invite them into your own household? Paul says in Ephesians 2.19 that you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, which isn't new, but also now members of his household. You are members of his household. With God, we're not just citizens of the heavenly kingdom, as incredible as that is. We're not just invited now to be a holy priesthood in his holy temple, which is the world, as wonderful as that is. We're not only just adopted sons and daughters of the king, as wonderful as that is. See, with God, we are members of his household. We have been invited into his house, sealed and signed members of his family. In other words... We're his people. These are my people, he says. They're mine. In Christ, in my son, I have put my stamp on them. And I call them my own. And here's the thing. Because God has graciously and generously and unconditionally loved us in such a beautifully intimate way and extended such hospitality towards us, And especially based on what we see Jesus doing and saying with his followers, we are now called to extend that same love and hospitality to one another. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. That same generous invitation and love that he's extended to us, we are now invited to extend that same invitation of love and hospitality to one another. This is how the world will know whose we are. This is how the world will know, says Jesus, that we are his people. Can I say to you that we are part of the same spiritual family? Can I extend my arm out to you and say that you are my brother or sister, that together we're part of the same heavenly household? Can I look at you and say, these are my people? doesn't matter if, if I have nothing in common with you. You know, we might have different interests. We might have different passions and desires. We might come from completely different backgrounds and cultures. You might have completely different opinions or desires than what I do. But shoot, even if we're a part of different church communities, we're talking here about a family identity that transcends all of that. We're talking here about a family identity where our responsibility as members of God's household, are to see our brothers and sisters in other rooms of the house and say, you know, those are my people too. Those are my people. Being a part of God's household means that we are active participants in the whole house. Not just in one particular room with people that are like us and think similarly to us. We are members of the whole house. And what most threatens the household of God is when we each kind of vacate to our own rooms and don't associate with one another. Or we we linger out on the porch and just kind of peer in, you know, ever so slightly engaging only when we feel like we want to. See, if, if I belong to God and you belong to God, then we are God's people together. 
And if you matter to God, then you need to matter to me too. And this is a, a different kind of resonance than the resonance that we spoke of earlier. When you find people that share your worldview or your interests or your sense of humor or your personality or your passions or your culture or your history, I'm talking about something this morning that transcends all of that. Because the reality is that the rules of God's household look very different than our human rules. The rules of God's household always transcend our human categorization and our comfort levels. The people that we would regularly call our people, you know, my crew, my circle, my friends, the people that we do life with, that we resonate the most with, they may not be the people that we regularly see on Sunday mornings. They might be, but they might not be. And you know, that's okay. Because being a part of God's household and living out that heavenly family identity within a local church context means that we actually don't just come here to hang out with the people who are like us and to enrich ourselves. We look to be filled by the Spirit and to enrich the lives of those around us, even if they are different from us, because we're part of a spiritual household that transcends all that. Again, we've received God's hospitality to then extend that same hospitality to one another. And because of this, as one fellow pastor once put it, we have the capacity to do really beautiful things for one another. Again, because the, 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 the worldview is completely different. The, the arena in which we're existing is totally different. We're, we're existing in a sort of transcendence that goes beyond our normal ideas of hospitality and grace. We're building up. We're being built up to be a holy dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Of course, that's supposed to look different then. It's more. It's bigger. It's something beyond what we can even imagine. When we do beautiful things for one another, when we step out in, in transcendent, Christ-like ways that blow our own minds and set aside differences and critical attitudes, then we're not just inviting people into the life of God. We're not just inviting people into the house of God. We're inviting them into the life of the household. A life that looks very different than any other household. We're inviting them into a safety, into a, a sanctuary, as Pastor Liz likes to put it. A family where people who don't have family can find it and find something more than just what a regular family might look like. Now, I know I'm speaking here in spiritual ideals. In reality, we might not always do this very well. You know, we're pretty messy most of the time, and, and I continually bug Jesus about how crazy it was that he would just throw a bunch of sinners in a room together and force them to call each other family. It seems like a fairly bizarre thing to do. But by his Spirit... As Paul puts it, if we really trust the words of Scripture by His Spirit, we are no longer strangers with one another. It actually doesn't matter how well we know each other or not. 
how different or similar we might be. We're not strangers with one another. Why? Because our commonality now is Christ. This is why when, when you sit on an airplane and you find out that the person next to you is a Christian, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's my people. You're my people. When you're at a wedding or you're sitting on the bus or you're at a grocery store in the lineup and someone behind you is, you know, mumbling or singing a, a tune. Have you ever had this before? I had this once the other day. Somebody behind me was actually humming a hymn. <laughs> I turned around and I said, I know that song. And they're like, oh, are you a believer? I'm like, yeah, I'm a believer. <laughs> no, you're my people. <laughs> You know, I don't know anything about this person other than that apparently they love Jesus. You're my people. You're my people. By his spirit, we're no longer strangers to one another. We're not foreigners to one another. We're not separated by age or culture or gender or life stage or vocation or status. We're members of the same household. We're members of the same household built on the foundation of Christ, joined together and rising to become a holy temple in which God lives by his spirit. A place together in which God can dwell. In other words, we're already a part of something, says Paul, that is so much bigger than ourselves and so much bigger than anything else we experience on a physical level. You know, I don't know if you've been having this, but the last couple of weeks, my phone has just been blowing up with news updates that are all about the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Whether it's the family drama and the dynamics or the scheduling of the funeral or, uh, you know, actually talking about the Queen herself, of course, the succession of King Charles. But it was a newspaper article in the Vancouver Sun, I think last week or the week before, that really caught my attention. It was about... The writer was speaking about Queen Elizabeth herself and the way that she assumed her role as queen and how she actually stepped into, the dignity with which she stepped into her role and her responsibilities as queen. And the writer says this, that she faultlessly fulfilled her role as constitutional monarch. She faultlessly fulfilled her role as constitutional monarch by recognizing that the crown was bigger and more enduring than she could ever be. She stepped into something, in other words. She knew that she was entering into something. When she put that crown on, she was entering into something that was bigger, more transcendent, perhaps more majestic, more enduring than she could ever be in and of herself. And the writer notes that, you know, we would do well to reflect on that example because in our culture today, what's most celebrated most often is the exaltation of the self. Is that, you know, I'm what matters most. But rather, to reflect on Queen Elizabeth's example, we instead perhaps negate ourselves. We submit ourselves. We set aside ourselves for the greater good, for a greater good. And I thought in that moment, I wonder, for the household of God, for the family of God, for the people of God, what is that greater good? What is that greater narrative, that greater story, that more transcendent calling, that the, the something bigger, the something higher, the better, the, the more enduring thing that we've been called to step into? See, we have a choice as members of God's household 
We can choose to, you know, sit on the porch and, and peer into the window, critiquing what we see and occasionally entering in, but avoiding others who have hurt us and who are different from us. Or we can see the crown of Christ imprinted on the doorway, and we can choose to step in and to engage with something that although sometimes looks a little messy, we know is transcendent, is beyond the norm. We're, some, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. We can choose to enter into the victory of Jesus, to do beautiful things for one another and to embrace a heavenly awareness that invites us to lay our own selves down and enrich the lives of those around us who share the king's house with us. See, it's, we often think that the house depends on us, but it doesn't. The house is not built up by us or built on us. It's built on Christ, who is our cornerstone. And we, by his generosity and grace, we are his people. Let's pray. Living God, we want to thank you for your word this morning. Lord, your, your word often baffles us, it confuses us, it, it surprises us, and Lord, that's mostly because we cannot fathom some of these beautiful mysteries some of the identity markers, the things you tell us about who we are now in Christ. We pray, Lord, this morning that by your Spirit you would enable us to grasp these truths, that as we celebrate our church, the life of our church, the, the ministries that are present within this particular local body, in this room of the house, Lord, that we would be mindful that we are a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. That as we celebrate together, as we celebrate that we are one body, that we are your people, that we would remember, Lord, that we are a part of a much bigger house that you've enfolded us into. And as we participate in communion as well, remind us, Lord, that we belong to you, that we belong to one another, that we are your people. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Willoughby Church Sermon Podcast. The Willoughby Church Podcast Network also has podcasts about discipleship, the Heidelberg Catechism, and even a podcast hosted by some of the youth. You can find out more about the Willoughby Church Podcast Network by going to willoughbychurch.com.